to most folk he's known as Spud. And this week Mark Daly tells us why managing Wishaw became a bit of a hot potato. Mark quit the Beltane club in December after initially saying he wanted to leave six weeks earlier. He joins us on the show to lift the lid on just why he fell out of love with a job and why he's not ready to return just yet. Just like Mark, Paul has been on the move too, leaving New Mains United while we've been away. He tells us the real reasons why he is no longer at Victoria Park and why he is ready for a return to the dugout in the future. On a packed podcast, we also hear from Clydebank gaffer Gordon Moffat on his side's agonising Scottish Cup loss to Annan on Saturday. Plus, there's Mark Mackay's Best of the West. After three months away, it's good to be back going down the divisions. Good to have you along as we take a look at Scotland's lower leagues. Well, Paul, we've been away for, I think, something like three months now, can you believe? Good to be back, isn't it? We're back. And you know what, Gareth? I've missed it. I have missed it. I know there's been a lot going on in both our lives, but, you know, hopefully now it's settled down and we're good to go again. Yeah, and there's uh, there's been a lot happening well, down the divisions while we've been away, by the looks. Lots of managerial changes. There has. There's been a, a bit of a managerial merry-go-round and players leaving clubs and going to other clubs and probably actually over I think it's three months we've been off that yeah we've actually missed quite a bit to be honest. Yeah plenty of catching up to do uh, plenty of news and, and, and features and interviews to come uh, for the rest of 2022. Um, normally at this stage I ask you about the the latest goings on at New Mains United but when we're talking about managerial changes there's obviously Something going on there as well. Um, there's plenty happening on that front. So we'll come back to that in a moment. Before that, a quick word for our sponsors, media agency 44 Creative. Not only do they have photographers, graphic designers, videographers and video editors to help promote your content, brand, organization or event. They now offer website services too. They make creation personal and they'd love to hear from you. Find out more at www.44creativehq.com and we'll include that link in the description on your podcast player too. Back to the show and please do keep the comments and suggestions for guests coming. If you're a club in the lower leagues looking for more exposure, we'd also like to hear from you. Our email address is divisions at gmail.com. That's divisions at gmail.com. Or you can contact us through Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. My name's Chris Strain and I'm the Cohen and Rangers manager. You're listening to Down the Divisions. Former Wishaw boss Mark Daly is on the show this week. But before we uh, we speak to Mark, um, mentioned in the intro there, Paul, that um, there's been plenty of goings on at uh, New Mains United. You're now the, the former New Mains United co-manager. I think you uh, I think you and uh, your uh, co-manager Craig Gupwell uh, resigned a couple of weeks ago. Give us a bit more background to that. Tell us what happened there and um, what brought you um, to make that decision. First of all, I want to dismiss any rumours that I have another job or I'm going to another club. As come on, Paul, you can tell us. It's just it's just me and you here. Nobody else is listening. Right, I'm constantly getting messaged about that's not the case. I haven't had an interview for another job, and uh, I'm going nowhere. 
the the reason, and, I'm, and obviously it's our show, so I'll, I'll put it out there. The reason why I, and I'm only speak for myself, I'll never speak for Craig. The reason I'm stepping aside from New Mains United is several reasons. Couple of reasons. This is not the main reason, but obviously it was well kind of documented that they, well, I'm getting kind of a bit emotional speaking about it, but my dad passed away. And when we, when we took over at New Mains, we went there as managers. Uh, myself and Craig and without going over all ground in the story we ultimately got handed the club and when we got handed the club then we had a decision to make whether we were going to keep the club going or not and I certainly never went into new means to run the club I went there 100% to be a football manager football coach and 100% on the football side but we did as a decision we took to keep it going and to do that, we had to put a committee in place or we had to put a team of people in place. And we've done that. So, you know, I brought in David Goodwin, who was kind of like my right-hand man with the over 35s and we set up an amateur team and we had quite a successful amateur team. Uh, I picked up the phone to yourself, Gareth, and asked if, if you would come on board and, and, and help. Obviously, you've got quite a high profile job and I never actually thought we would get somebody your caliber and you've come in on you on the 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 media side but you've built that up and you give the club great exposure. You know, a couple other people come in on board, you know, Mark Bassett come in and helped us the with the kit. Um he was a player at the club. You know, Stuart McKenzie and I'm afraid that I miss people out, but brought in a lot of people but the one person I brought in was my dad and my dad ultimately done everything to make that club a better place he he certainly changed new mains football club and whilst maybe in the papers and social media myself and craig are getting quite a lot of plaudits for stuff off the park a lot of that was down to my dad and obviously he passed away as a result of an accident that happened at the club and I do I find it particularly difficult to go there as a place that I need a change I need an escape from now I think uh, I don't want to use that as the excuse I'm not leaving because of my dad it's one of the factors in me stepping away also with him going, he was retired, so he would go up there and he would, you know, clean the place out and make sure everything was spotless for for us going and, and playing games there. Over the last wee while, maybe my enthusiasm to go there has dwindled a little bit. Maybe I've probably spent, well, I have spent three years there, and Craig and everybody else, and I've given everything to the club. I think I've given everything to the club. I've sacrificed a lot of things. And over the last probably month, and I've spoke to Craig about it, and I'm saying, do you know what? A couple of things have happened. We we do a lot of work in the community. We run a mini kickers on a Saturday morning. Maybe uh, as a young girl, Andrea, who does a great job with, with the kids, runs that. Should somebody in helping her, he couldn't make it. I would be down there doing mini kickers before our games on a Saturday. 
missing my own son's game. Uh, then maybe if the weather was bad, I was having to go up to let the referee in to do pitch inspections and stuff like that. And it was all kind of coming on top. Now that's all off the stuff, got off the pitch stuff that that was that was going on. And then coming into probably last week, I had 11 call-offs, not one COVID case uh, with the squad. And I just thought, do you know what? We're putting everything into this. And you know, Gareth, that New Mains is my life, was my life. Uh, New Mains will always be my team. I will always support New Mains. New Mains is, you know, well, I'll always be the results I look out for. But I probably just feel that I need a new challenge. I need a, my, my my enthusiasm for the game is still there. I probably took a little step back from training, maybe back last year, and I kind of regret that. I enjoy the coaching side of it. I enjoy being on the, you know being on the training pitch uh, with Craig. Uh, and I miss that, to be honest. So, whilst I've stepped aside, it's not for it. It's not for another job. If I'm lucky enough and grateful enough to be appointed a manager next week with with some club, I can assure you today, I've never spoke to another club. I've never had an interview at another club, and that's my reasons for it. The game itself, it was nothing to do with the Kelo game, albeit there was an incident in the game where we give away a goal and probably got on top of me a little bit because, you know, you're working so hard on the pitch to try and get the right formations to make sure players are prepared as much as they can. You've 11 call-offs. I've got a phone, a, a team, I phone Fourth Wanderers. Good friend, Thomas Devine, says, listen, Thomas, do you get any players for loan? Sends me down a midfielder on loan. To be honest, I've heard of the boy. He's played against us, but I don't know the boy. I'm having to start him in a game. Now, that, when you're putting so much commitment in, not just me, everybody putting so much commitment in, and that happens. And then at the end of the game, you know, you lose a stupid goal. A goal that, to me, is a mistake. It's avoidable. You just think to yourself, do you know what? Some things are just uncoachable. Some things you can tell something not to do something. So put all that in the mixing pot. Put all that in. It's time for a change. And I'm leaving the club in a position where there's still room to grow. You know, they're going in. They will be in the bottom league next year. You know, back to a level that they can compete. Uh, Highlighted. We talk about budgets all the time. We'll probably continue talking about budgets in the show. Uh, there's no money there. People think it's an easy job. I can assure you, I don't think many men would have stayed three years, Gareth, uh, at the club. But we made so many great strides. My sole responsibility now is to make sure that we stay on, not as managers, but to make sure the right people take control of that club. Uh, to make sure person who goes in there knows, or the person, or the people that go into that club know that this is not just one season. If it doesn't work out, we go. You, you, you know, you're going to have to take on the burden. We've had people contacting the club, 
people, and I'll, and, and I'll say it out loud, with the absolute audacity to turn around and say, All right, I'll, I'll take the job, uh, what's your budget? You know, I need X amount, of, I need X amount of pounds a week. I'm sorry, there's no X amount of pounds. Do you think the results that New Mains have had, we would have had those results if we had X amount of pounds? Uh, people who maybe don't respect the club and, and, and how far it's come, the, the strides it's taken, the corners it's turned. And we put Davy Menelos in interim charge, and Davy is an enthusiastic, he's, he's a friend. He's enthusiastic, he's passionate, and we'll take it to the end of the season. We obviously will interview for, for managers in the next couple of weeks, but all that in the melting pot, whilst there's still time for new men still to grow, it's probably time for me and Craig to, to look for a new challenge. I mean, you've spoken brilliantly there, Paul. Your passion shines through. You're speaking from the heart. There's the personal side. You've had two weeks out now, just well, almost two weeks out. I, I mean, have you have you have you missed it? Have you missed the have you missed the, the training? Have you missed the Saturday afternoon at the game? Or, you know, I know you talk about wanting back in already, but a couple of weeks off has it maybe been just exactly what you needed in that sense? It's been a journey, Gareth. It's been a joyous journey, you know, in terms of where we started, but it's small things, you know, the car share that we've got going to games, you know, and again, I'm touching my dad. I don't want to dwell on my dad because it's not the reason why I left. So many fond memories, so many great memories that, that, that we've made at that club that will stay with me forever. I look back at the teams that we've had the turnaround of players that we've had, and probably the, the, the team that we've got now, I'm maybe not getting as much enjoyment out of as we had when, you know, we weren't getting the results. I know that we've been having great results this year, but, you know, I've got some players, you know, that's been with me that have been absolutely fantastic. Our captain, Mark Howison, he was actually at the club before me. Michael Barton was there before me, bringing on boys like young Lewis Noble, fantastic guys. You know, I just now need a new challenge. I I, I'm, I, I won't be able to stay in the house. I, I'm not the type of guy, you know, I've been out and watched games already and stuff like that. I might never get back in, Gareth. There might not be another job out there for Paul Davis or Craig Gutwell. You know, we, we, we come together. I've been offered... I have been offered two positions in football, but not as a manager. One going to help out a club and the other as an assistant manager. The assistant manager job, if I'm honest, does appeal to me. He's working with somebody that I really, really like and really, really respect. But I want, you know, I want to be, I want to have another go at management. Uh, As I say, I left for other reasons than, than, than just, you know, football but yeah I will miss it I, I, I need it in my life it's something that takes a lot of you know you know I run businesses and stuff like that it takes a lot of pressure away from me you know I, I, that's my escapism so so yeah in answer to your question maybe long-winded but yeah I want I want to I want to stay in the game absolutely and just briefly you've talked about your dad I know we won't labour the point but just in general 
coming to that decision, making it official, walking out of New Mains United out of Victoria Park for the final time, you know, knowing you were no longer the co-manager. Was that an emotional moment driving away? I don't know whether you've driven away or whether, you know, since you've been up there, but, you know, has, has that been a difficult thing to to uh, not come to terms with, but just to, you know, deal with, if you like, because that's the reality, isn't it? You know, a club you've been at for so so long and done so much for and thrown so much effort into is now no longer yours. Left the ground after the Kello game. My my kids were up at my mother's house, so went to collect the kids from my mother's house. But obviously at this point, I phoned my wife to let her know what we had done. My wife was actually at my mum's at the time, so when I walked in, my mum my knew. Did I shed a tear? I burst into tears, I'm not going to lie. It's the sacrifice that my mum's put in as well, because my, my, my dad would take my mum down and you know she would do work down there and tidy up and all that. They were retired, they had time in their hands and, they, and they'd done that. And my mum's reaction were, you know, are you sure about it? You know, are you sure? You know, he's put a lot of work into that. But now I'm away from it, 100% sure, 100% sure that I can't, I can't just run the, the way it's going. And I don't want that club to go backwards. That, that club needs to keep progressing. I just hope and pray that we can find a combination of people that will go in there and not just some fly-by-nights who just think this is going to be an easy job and actually have the respect for that club because... You know, without blowing our own trumpets, Gareth, I think we brought in somewhere in the region between sponsorships and funding within three years. I think we brought in somewhere with £80,000. We've done the place up. It's looking good. The park, the playing surface, well, you wouldn't have said that against Kel, right enough. It has improved. It's improved. Uh, you know, and not to be taken away from it all, that team before we were in there, had never, once I think in the last 12 or 13 years, had finished out the bottom two. I think only twice in that time, they finished off bottom place. When we were in there, I think I went in at the end of the season, they had zero points. And people were saying to me, Gareth, you know, oh, if you get one point next year, that's success. Well, what is success? Do you know what I mean? We never finished in the bottom two. I mean, I'm not saying they won't this year, which at the moment they're not. That's not to say they won't be in there. And if they do, then I hold my hands up and say, well, that, that, that was part of us as well. Uh, I think, this, you know, even the season when the league got finished, you know, we were higher than the, the teams being ever. Now, some people might look at results and think, well, they've, they've not been great, but, you know, We've beat teams round about us. We've competed with teams and, as I say, probably achieved more than than the team has in the last decade, to me, as success. So basically, with all this extra time on your hands, you can do the down the divisions, decide a clues every week now, first of all? No. <laughs> and also, if somebody's looking for a new manager, uh, they can contact you at downthedivisions at gmail.com. I certainly can. Give him my phone number as well if you want. <laughs> well, Paul, th- th- thanks for speaking so honestly there. Um, I think uh, everybody who's uh, dealt with new mains over the past three years has seen 
I've seen the fruits of your labor, certainly. Um, lots of labor. And I know personally um, from speaking to you most weeks, every week, every second day, most of your time you were up at that club. So I'm sure it's uh, I'm sure it's been a strange couple of weeks, not uh, not being up there quite as often. But if um, if somebody's looking for somebody or throw their their life into the job, then um, then I don't think uh, there'd be many other people who would do that more than than you would. So no, appreciate your honesty and uh, hopefully hopefully see you back in the in a dugout soon. And time for less doom and glooming. Let's get the guests on. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. We're back. Hi, my name is Jamie Nesbitt, manager of Thornwood United, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. Former Wishaw boss Mark Daly is on the show this week. Thanks for being with us, Mark. Delighted to be here, boys. Thanks for having us. Before we chat some more, we've got the Down the Divisions decider. We'll give you four clues for a particular club from SPFL League One down all the way into the lower leagues, then reveal the answer at the end of the show. You missed this, Paul? No, really, Gareth, to be honest. I've obviously missed the show, but see, doing these deciders, I'm more worried that Mark's got a pen in his hands. He's taking notes. Professional. Well, he said he's listened to this show before. He's got a notebook as well. Is that the first guest that's ever to have a notepad? In- I think it's I think in episode 73, and that's the first guest with a notepad. Believable. Right, here we go, guys. So, they were formed in 1874 and played as a senior club until 1929. They reached the Scottish Cup final in three consecutive years between 1880 and 1883. They reached the Junior Scottish Cup final in 1997-98. And they won the sectional league cup in 2010. They play in the West of Scotland Conference A. Ooh, I think I know. I know. No idea for me. I think he knows it for that. I, I, had, I had one in my I had one in my head there, but I could be wrong. What but what one was that? The Scottish Cup final in uh, 1881. <laughs> no, I, I just just try to think who was senior. <clears throat> um, I might be wrong, but we, re- we will reveal that at the end of the show. My name is Thomas Irvine, manager of Force Wanderers. You're listening to Down the Divisions. Former Wishaw boss Mark Daly is with us this week. Um, I say former, former Wishaw boss. Um, from reading your comments shortly after you left, this sounded a little bit like you were quite relieved that you, you, you came to the end of that spell. Tell us a bit more about about that decision and, and the reasons behind it. Um, it was really a decision that I kind of made. I, I looked to making maybe six or eight weeks before. Um, I'd spoke to, to the committee uh, at great length about it. offered my resignation after a game. I can't remember what the game was we could beat. <clears throat> I offered my resignation after it and they declined it. So... Had a good kind of heart to heart with the committee, Dunny, Glenn, who was with us. So, um, and basically, just to turn things around, it wasn't for me the results weren't good enough that time. And in that six or seven week period in between, they didn't get any better, to be honest. Um, and I felt personally, I, again, I had a long talk with Dunny, my assistant at the time, and I just felt personally that um, I owed it to the club. 
because um, I don't think, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I don't think a sacking was ever on the cards. I don't think that decision would have got made, but something had to change, something had to to work for the club. I just felt, and I tried everything. We tried changing formations, we tried changing personnel, and it just it just didn't work. And I just felt we were stuck in it. Uh, and I just felt, really honestly, the club deserved better. And the last thing to change was myself. So I just took my, I felt as if I had to take myself out of it. That's an honest kind of review how it was. But see, see towards the beginning of the season, I was looking at your results, obviously we're a local team to us, and you, you got out the, the blocks quite quick. You did a good, you know, good run of uh, wins at the, the beginning of the season. Yeah, with a great start. <clears throat> with a great start. I don't, I don't know if that's uh, sugarcoated a lot of things, because we did have a, a fantastic start. I think we were talking about for a couple of weeks at a time as well, depending on games. and We were, we were there, and honestly, Paul, I thought, I thought, and I still feel... It's a great squad for that for that division. It's a great squad. The club backed us right for the start. Um, we put a really, really competitive squad together for Russia. Um, and the start just kind of backed that up, really. And then for some reason, I have no idea. I still can't put my finger on what it is. It just, the results just did. And they really did. And it was like, I look back before when I, when I offered the resignation the first time, I think it was 1-1 one, one in 14. And it kind of got papered over a wee bit. Like, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. I don't know if our league position was hiding that and masking that, but and the good start obviously helped. But um, at the last game at East Kilbride, before I went, we were sitting ninth. Uh, and I think it was, I say, one in, one in 14, one in 15, something along those lines. So for me, it just, it just wasn't good enough. It's probably a real honest assessment. No many, no many managers w- w- would come on and, and be as honest as that. Do you just think it was a case of losing becomes a habit? Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I spoke to to Dunny and Glenn at Great Lens at training. Like something wasn't right, and I don't know. I still don't know what it was. It's just something wasn't right. Um, and it wasn't like anybody, any anybody or anything. It was just something wasn't right, and we just couldn't get out of that bad habit. It, it losing losing games and. The East Kilbride game was just a tipping point. It was 3-1 at half time. And I mean, without being disrespectful, it was five or six. It really was. It was that one-sider. They came out second half. And in fairness, the East Kilbride, they started well, which you're going to expect. And we can see that goal. And I just thought, oh, no, here we go. This is it. And it wasn't even the Alamo. Now, sometimes you come out and there's teams and you know, oh, this goal's going to come. I don't think East Kilbride had, like, played that way. They just... They continued to play the same way, and we didn't. And I went three two, and I went three each, and then it was just like we just couldn't get out of it. And I just thought to myself, that's just that's just summed up this period for us. It's just summed up where we are. Um, to, to to lose that game at half time and a three one in such a commanding position was was basically the final straw for me, to be honest. Where's your mind at it and all that? Because and there's a reason it's easy for me to say that now because I, I I'm not in the dugout anymore. But like there's certain triggers in games where I'm I, I'm sitting going we need to get seven minutes. We've conceded so many goals in seven minutes now, and I overthink it and overanalyze it and, and and you know look at games before and take notes and 
think, right, that here's where we've lost a goal. And then you're sitting there, actually, as a manager, relieved that right, we're by the seven-minute mark. We're now doing that. Where was your kind of mind at with it? Do you ever, do you ever doubt in yourself or thinking, how did I get the winning formula on the park? I think you know, you know yourself, Paul, you're always doubting yourself and you're always questioning yourself and you're always trying to get better. For me, I felt not so much towards the end, but there was a period in that 14 games or whatever, it was second halves were absolutely careless. And I mean, we, we lost 4-0 to, to Drumchapel, 5 to East Bride. Uh, I think we lost 5-something to Vela Clyde and one was called Scythe. And out with the Jim Chapel game, the four day games we were drawn at half time. And we lost five 0 And we lost I think it was four 0 and five one and we were one down at Jim Chapel and we lost four. And it's just like didn't matter what you done. That really didn't matter what you done. You just it wasn't the players that's not if the players are going out throwing the towel in, it's just a just a bad habit. A really, really bad habit. And has it put you off management? Is it something that you would consider going back in, or has it put you off doing it? I wouldn't or? say putting off, no. I, I must admit, and I, I, I said, I spoke about it at great length, I felt I felt it loved the game. It really did put a downer on it, and it wasn't anybody or anything, it just, like the stresses that came with it, the, the, the thought process behind things, the amount of time and effort that you put in, like, you can home and a Friday night and you're trying to pick your team, and then you're changed about 14 times before you even went to bed. Then you wake up in the morning, you change that again, and you're thinking about the game, and then the game doesn't go well. Saturday nights are, are ruined, and you're sitting over analysing things. You're up the Sunday morning again. You're watching games, you're watching players, and just a lot of time. And it's just something you get used to. But I, I didn't appreciate it at probably the time. But I will always say football's amazing when you're winning. It's amazing when you're winning football games because your Saturday nights are so much better. Your Sundays are so much better. Monday training so much better. People are chatting your door, you're not getting questioned, all that kind of stuff. You know that yourself. You know that yourself. You've been in it long enough. Football's amazing when you're winning. And it's not that I've walked away because I wasn't winning. That wasn't the case. Definitely not. Um, I don't I don't like um, chuck my towel in, so to speak, but something had to change. And the way the results have went, it's, it's the right decision by, by far. I'm, I'm intrigued as well, though, that rarely do you hear somebody offer a resignation and for it to get turned down you know so so what were you like walking out of that room were you were you gutted were you I mean if they said yes you'd have been away what was the kind of psychology with you over that five or six week period where you know you'd asked to go away and they basically well hadn't let you go if you like or convinced you to stay Uh, at that time like I was prepared like, I didn't offer it as like a token gesture. I offered it because I thought it was the right thing. Uh, I spoke to specifically Alec Young in great depth, and he can kind of convince me that you need to change things. You need to go and do it your way and do things uh, to turn it back around. You have a good start. It's not as if it's a good squad. It will change for you. Um, and it was fine. It was good backing. And it did kind of put a wee spring in your step again. And, but when the results don't come, then you just gradually get lower and lower and lower. And it just it does become a chore. That's, that's a, is it one that a better word? Um, I don't know if you've ever felt like that, Paul, but it, it just, it, like, 
the enthusiasm for training was probably going, which that's not great. And boys must see that. People must see that in you, even if you're not trying to portray that. People must see that in you that you're struggling. I think I touched on previously in the show when I when I explained why I'd, I'd left the club and it it does be, it can become a chore. I'm not saying it, it was a chore for me. It's when you put everything in and you give everything and you've not got the answers and you've not got the I'm saying the support round about you, but it it can be a lonely place as much you know. I had Craig Gutwell with me. Uh, it could still be a lonely place. And, and even on a Saturday night, I suppose we had each other bounce off. But as you say, other people are out enjoying themselves and you're racking your brain. How do I, how do I change this into a winning team? How do you change the mentality? But again, stepping away, and I've only stepped away for two weeks, but you have so much time to think about it. You're asking for consistency. I don't know about you, but many times did you put the same 11 on the park? Then you're changing the shape. Then you're thinking, right, we're conceding goals. I need to tighten it up. Individual mistakes get made. And probably one of the final straws for me, an individual mistake got made against Kello. And I think to myself, do you know what? It doesn't matter what I do here. It doesn't matter whether I play 4-4-2, does not matter. Playing a square ball across the back, you know, giving the keeper a, 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 a ball that gets stuck under his feet, and a striker nicking in and scoring, it doesn't matter what I do. Or the only thing I can do is say to that player, don't play that ball, and make sure you're playing the ball forward. And it's, th- it's things like that, and I think that's when I think to yourself, you need that new challenge, you need that new freshness about it. And again, I touched on before, that's where New Mains is now. New Mains now needs another voice to come in there. Just like I'm hoping another club needs another voice. And I'm that person that does it. But you do, you take that chance, don't you? You come out the game and you take that chance of maybe not getting back in. Uh, but it's the loneliest place in the world. Absolutely. And as I say, you, you had Craig and I must admit, Glenn and uh, Durray were excellent for me and two kind of father figures, so to speak. They're a wee bit older than me and it's just, they were excellent. Honestly, really good. Um, Dunny obviously now got the job, which is, which is perfect. And the guy loves and breathes football and and, and deserves his opportunity management. Um, but Dunny was just, and so was Glenn, were just as important, if no more important than me at the club because of the experience that they brought and, and stuff like that. And that's why you build your team. That's 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 what it was there to do. Uh, but ultimately, it, it lay with me. Um, and on that decision of, of going, I, I 100% did not want to take Dunny and Glenn with me because it, that wasn't what was needed. It wasn't needing to be a clear out. I just needed something different, and whether that voice was done, we we know and Rab now, it's obviously working, um, and it proves. As I say, I'm, I'm no worried. I'm no sitting here upset that they're winning games of football. I love it. I love seeing them do well. Um, Saturday's results fantastic, and it just shows that the squad that we built was good enough. It is good enough. I know it's good enough. Obviously, Donny's took, for, for the listeners, David Dunn's gone in there and Snedden's gone in beside him. Robert's an experienced guy in terms of he's built a, Bell, a really good Bells Hill side. He's got lots of contacts, but he's done the same as you, Mark. Do you know what? He's took that, he took that time out and it's probably kind of went in there with, you know, a f- fresh view. I noticed a couple of signings he made already. 
guys that's, that's maybe been with him at Bell Hill. So maybe sometimes it is that we step away just to look round about you, just to let you take stock of what's went on. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, I don't think need, nobody needs to explain Rab Sneddon's credentials on this show, but all it takes is Rab to get there, and he's with him, uh, Dean Richardson as well, though, for Dino. Um, and all it takes is they may know a player, they may know somebody else, they may, they may be able to track somebody, if there's one or two, that just changes the dynamic of the team. Um, and obviously that's what's happened. That's that's because um, I, I speak, I still speak to Dunny and I still text him. And by all accounts, I don't think much has changed. Mm-hmm. But you just get that. I don't know what it is with the players. You just get more for them. And I say it's great to see we get the result uh, at Beef because that I, I I do believe I'll stand by it. That squad was built to be top four in that in that conference. That's what we went for. Um, now ultimately we're not there. And, and the top four that are in that conference now are, are absolutely flying for them. Um, but when you can see our games against the Drew Peters Hill, we narrowly beat to Nielsen away. Um, obviously, St. Rocks and Jim Chapel gave us two hidings, to be fair, but um, we weren't far away. We definitely weren't far away. Do you think, do you think your position and what you're saying now would be different if we if you hadn't have been managing pretty much all the way through a global pandemic, um, because I mean when you came in, I mean it was pretty much you, you had, I mean I know all clubs face the same pandemic, but you know for for a guy in the role you're in like that, does, did it make it harder? Did it change things? Did it maybe you talk about maybe losing the enjoyment? Did it contribute towards that when you're changing on the side of a park and all that kind of stuff? You know. Possibly, possibly. I, I never really thought of that at the time. I think when the, the pandemic and the, the height of it, football was a release at the time. The chance to get out, a chance to do stuff. So I was new into the job. Um, so your enthusiasm and all that, say you're building a squad. I obviously got a few boys and that for the previous squad. So that was difficult, trying to do that kind of stuff and cutting your teeth in it. Um, but I feel like a Watford manager. I've not finished the season yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, no, I, I, I wouldn't, no, I, I definitely wouldn't blame anything on the pandemic. Uh, although that was, looking back, that football wasn't enjoyment. Uh, uh, I mean, there was a means to end, I think. I understand why it was done. They got you out of the house and I appreciate people are on, and you'll see them on social media, and it's, oh, it's just football, get football on. I, I, I appreciate it. I get that. I get that. But there's a time and a place you just go, enough's enough. Enough's enough. It's, it's not it's not enjoyable. Um, but I, no, I, I certainly wouldn't blame the pandemic on my enjoyment and, and management, no. And again, looking back over the season, that, that cup game against Stonywood, I think you described as, as the, one of the worst in Wishaw's history. Um, yeah, I mean, and that's, I don't mean to be disrespectful to Stonewood by any stretch of imagination, but and they deserve to win. And by the way, they deserve to win by more that day. By more than the four, it was four one, wasn't it? No doubt, they were by far the better team, and we were we were terrible. But football and touch sometimes these things, and you're, you're hoping that a result like that changes it for you and turns it. But um, that was a, a really really poor poor day for the club, uh, and I had obviously to take responsibility for it. I kind of feel we're looking at a bit of a negative. So what was the, what was the highlight? 
What's your what, what was your enjoyment? What was your you know, was there any players that come in that you, you, you seen develop and thought, do you know what? Great working with these guys. Because that, that's that's something that people don't see as well. Sometimes you have a player that comes in that maybe you've got an opinion on him, but he comes in, he turns it round and does well. Is there any big highlights like that for you? Uh, I think obviously after after the kind of the first lockdown and then that was obviously when the leagues get called and we weren't in a good place, we weren't in a good place and you obviously then build your team in terms of the pandemic, you can kind of point. So, and then the start of this year, we kind of made a full, foolish change to the team. Um, and bringing in players like uh, Kieran Brannan from Lark, exceptional player, exceptional player on his day at this level. Um, Kieran Campbell was another one who played with Celtic, uh, a fantastic player that we got from Peter Sill last year uh, because he never played. And then we managed to sign him this year, another great player. Um, and was it one? Uh, Jordan, Jordan Hart, the goalkeeper that we got in this year, who was ex East Fife, um, who's by far, by far too good for this level. But his friend plays with, plays with Usher. That's your connection. That's how it works. And that's that's how teams at this level can get those good players and, and get them down to play. And I think, as I said, he's off there. The, 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 Western Scotland, the way it's set up now, probably attracts players more than it ever did at junior. So I think that's where it where it's uh, helping to, to to attract the better players. And what was what was your take on it, like leaving the juniors, Martin, and going to the seniors? Is it something that wishes a committee relished, or yourself as a manager? I know a lot of it's the same teams, but obviously you're going into conferences now, like new mains. We we were then going to play campus line. Just St. Caddox, you know, Gart Cairns, you know, bigger clubs, much bigger clubs than we were when we were playing in the old league too. I I think the club on the whole, and I might, I'm not hoping I'm not speaking out of turn, I don't think they were overly keen on it. I don't think they were overly keen, but felt they had to because of the situation of a club being left behind, similar to what happened obviously in East. So there's a few clubs getting left behind. So I, th- I, th- I think they've kind of rolled with it, for want of a better word, and see what the everybody else thought. So I think that that was the way that most clubs at our level probably felt. Like I think the bigger clubs were directing it, which is absolutely fine. That's what happens in football. The bigger clubs kind of start the ball rolling and everybody kind of falls in behind. So I, I wasn't a massive fan of the idea, and I certainly wasn't a massive fan of the Premier and the conferences. I thought that was wrong. But in hindsight, in hindsight now sitting, that's been the, the best decision because those teams in that conference would have been annihilated by Premier Division teams, and it doesn't make it's not conducive to a good sporting league, so to speak. I don't think it'd have been great for this for this level. So I got that wrong. I think that I think the Premier had to happen. Um, and I think it helps, for want of a better word, the, s- the smaller clubs in the conference to find out their level. That's what you were saying, Paul, wasn't it? As yeah. Well? yeah, absolutely. Obviously, next year, going back in, in, into the league setup, everyone's now found their, their level. As it stands right now today, probably it's a league two as well. It's, I'm, I'm presuming, you know, you don't want to... St- 
guess where teams are going to finish. But as it stands today, you know, you would have Lanark, West Mahego, Kerluk, New Mains, potentially all in one league. The problem, I think, where the league's going to come now is, and I, I, I don't know this factually, but I think the new teams coming up from the development league into League Two, there's going to be too many teams. I've got a funny feeling they're going to split that. I would like to think if they were going to split that, that they would split it. So it was slightly more regionalised because, you know, there's quite a few derbies in there. I don't actually know where Wish are sitting in the league at the moment. So they'll probably be up there, probably at eight. Seven. Seven. So they, so they would probably make it. They would then make it into the League One, would that be? I think it's nine. So, like, it's exciting again because also when we were the juniors and no fault of the juniors, it's just the way it worked out. We lost something like, I think Lanark and Kaluk get promoted in the one year, which left us, you know, if we were ever going to get a crowd, it was going to be Lanark and Kaluk bringing the support to us. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, just the way it's worked out. But level-wise, you've seen it. Being at the end of some big defeats myself, uh, the golf golf in those conferences is frightening. Budgets are frightening. You're talking, you know, teams paying no money, no expenses, uh, you know, boys travel to Green in their own petrol. I'm talking from my own, my old playing guys that maybe up, up, upwards to 100 to 200 pounds a week. Now, I know football's not one on paper, but how do you can, you know, so that's where everyone will now find their level. Probably maybe a bit unfair teams like Lanark. Lanark's maybe struggled this year. Maybe Lanark don't des- deserve as a size of a club to be down in that uh, in that league, but probably going to find themselves in that league. Uh, but I think for everybody that's now played these conferences, you know, some games you're, you're thinking, hey, this is going to be tough today. You know, yeah. Canvas Lang Rangers, Canvas Lang Rangers are the best team we've come up against. Honestly, Canvas Lang Rangers are unbelievable in their conference, I think. That's my personal opinion. Uh, done really, really well. But their budgets are, are miles higher than other, other teams in that league. So the quicker teams can get out of that and back into playing teams round about their own level, I think the better. Uh, I, do, I do agree and I do, I do understand the gulf. There, there is a big gulf, even in the conferences. Um, obviously, you coming from a club that had no budget, mm-hmm. um, is, is is drastic compared to a team that has however many hundreds of thousands or whatever they're playing. I get that. It's the middle ones for me. When people say, oh, my budget's less than his and he's... What difference does that make? If you've got a budget, you use your budget to the best of your ability. We'll go and get a bash to it. If you're there, you're there. If you're not, you're not. Don't take a budget and then complain about your budget because it's no matching somebody's above you. Mm-hmm. That's that's where the expectation falls in, surely. If you've got the middle ground budget, you can find a player that somebody will pay 60 quid to, but can you convince them to come for you for 30? Can you do that? Can you create that um, environment that that person wants to come and play for you and for the club? And that's the bit I like to try to get people with. I think it's changed. I, honestly, I think players have changed. I don't think money is as important as to where they're playing football now. Now, I'm not saying you're talking mm. two and three hundred quid that pays your mortgage, that pays your car, fine. People will drive you there. That's 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 the big spend. You do that work, 
somebody's telling you more at work, you're going to go to a different job. That's just that's just the nature of it. Um, but when you're talking expenses, let's say twenty quid, thirty quid, forty quid, what difference does it make? Go and go, go somewhere that you enjoy. Get a smile on your face. Makes you happy. You get friends there. Go for a pint in the after whatever it needs to be. Don't go for the extra tenner. Um, and that's where the budget for me. That's what that's what I don't like when people speak about budgets. I, I do as I understand the no budget to massive budget is huge. You'll you'll never compete over a season with that. And I, th- I, th- I think the other thing as well, if you actually again, I'm only talking about the conference that the new mains was in. If you look at ninth down, ninth down are the teams that you would expect to be ninth down. That mid is, is then split into that middle section, and even that's now getting a little bit of a golf in it. And then you've got the top ones, the, the top ones fight out. But one thing the West of Scotland does, and the conference done, it's been exciting. The other thing I will say though is there has been a couple of big, big defeats for for clubs, and probably humiliating defeats sometimes. But I also think as well. There's always a story in that as well. It's not just you know, plain sailing. You know, I went and watched a team, I'm not naming names, and they could beat 8 1. Their back four is away in a stag, too. Do, do you know what I mean? It's like just quite as cut and dry as you see. We got a heavy defeat at uh, Thornywood. Do you know what I mean? The story there was I had three subs. I had to make three subs within the first 15 minutes of that game. And I, I had to bring in a goalkeeper that hadn't played for over a year. Do you know what I mean? So there is stories to these. And it'll be the same in, in every league. It's not just a case of someone's coming and steamrolled your best team. There's a story on that day. So yeah. if you that No, I agree. As I say, um, I think at this level, um, from that kind of middle down, you're going to get boys away in stag do's. You're going to get people that can't make it for a birthday party or can't make it for I don't know, gender reveals of it. I don't know, whatever, whatever they come up with now that, that they can't make it. And, that, and that's, listen, I, I, I used to get frustrated with that, really frustrated because that wasn't me as a player. And that wasn't the generation that I grew up in. You made sure you got to football. Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, your life evolved around Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. Um, I've seen me drive up for Leeds for a game against when I played with Bill Sill against Darvo and I drove back down. Did. So and that that was just and that's just right across the board. Guys done that. Guys didn't have holidays during the season. Very, very early, unless it was maybe a stag or something like that, but very early. It all changes and it's the, the bit I couldn't get to grips with is I was trying you try to change everybody else when it's probably me that needs to change now, or us that need to change this, our generation needs to change, she needs to move with it, unfortunately, and that's... Well, here's one for you, if you're getting £100 a week, and so you're taking 400 quid a month, and that's your car or part of your mortgage, are you going to your gender reveal, are you going to your... Do you know what I mean? No, absolutely not, and that, 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 that's, that is the argument, that's, if you're at the bigger clubs, you're expected to be there, and quite rightly so, when you're being paid that handsomely, you should be there. But when you're saying to boys, your money's expenses, it's for you being at training, for you going to a game. If they're not there and they don't get the expenses, then it's neither up or down. It doesn't make any difference. And that's just, that is just the levels. That's that's where I think the pyramid system is good. Because that's your levels, you'll find your levels and you'll move up. You're talking all about this, Mark. Uh, 
are you are you missing it? I mean, I think I think you've been involved at this level since what you were 17, and this is your first kind of spell out. Is is it is it you've had a month out of it now? Has it got your juices flowing again yet? Or are you quite happy? I don't know. Are you going to games to watch on a, on a weekend and stuff like that? To answer your first question, no, I'm not missing it. No, no, I'm enjoying my right. time. I must admit. Um, I went. Where was I? I went to watch Thornley this weekend. I went to watch Thornley against Blantyre. Uh, catch up with my friend Carl Beers. Uh, and the weekend before, I was working in Mary Hill on the Saturday, and I finished about quarter to two, two o'clock. So uh, I nipped down and watched Mary Hill against Whitlitz. So. Uh, there's a there's actually an enjoyment of just watching a game, having yeah nothing to do and just just enjoying the game and and looking at both teams for who they are and you say Thornley would always be my team so that's that's where I grew up that's my team that's who I played with the most but I, I still support them but it's just good just to go and watch just just no nothing to worry about I come up eat bottles of beer and enjoy the game kind of thing so no I'm not missing it Gareth I must admit I'm not definitely not I'm not, I'm not in that place yet yet I mean is, is, does it surprise you does it surprise you that you're feeling that way having been part of the game for that length of time and did you think that when you went into management that would be you for the next 20-30 years um, I don't think no, I, I, I genuinely never thought I would feel this way about football because it I just I love and breathe football. That's I've done it since I was five. I've this level since I was seventeen. Just I just love it. I just love football. But I just don't know if you just need some time. I don't know, Paul, if you feel the same. I just don't know if you need to take that back step sometimes. And it's different to playing. I think it's different to playing where maybe a wee bit of freedom. If you don't like it, you just move on. I don't think that's in management. I don't think you can just personally. I don't think I could turn it wish and say. I'm away and then next week working in our job. I just don't think that's just don't think that's right. That's just my my, my take on it. It's slightly different maybe if you've been sacked or something like that, where you've been taken out the role, but if you're choosing to go, then walking in into somebody else, you're not really doing yourself any favour, I don't think. I think from my point of view, I took training every week. I used to we used to train next to yourselves. I, I Training every single week because Guppy was still playing and was taking part in it. Then when he kind of stopped playing a little bit, he would take it. And then we decided we were bringing some coaches and take a step back. And see when I done that, see to be honest, that's when I stopped enjoying it. No, that's wrong. You see, I stopped enjoying it. I just never, I never felt that. I felt I wanted to be doing the training. I wanted to be there and putting in coaching sessions and changing things and working stuff from the weekend and I probably distanced myself from it then I probably and again all comes into the mixing part of why Mel do you know what need a new challenge I'm only out two weeks am I wanting back in well Sam I I need it on a Saturday listen we've just got a five month old baby I'm needing it I need to do this uh, now we're getting to the bottom of your football and your love for your football uh, some club will get my commitment because I just need out this house. No, I better not say that. My wife, I was going to say my wife listens. She'll never listen. To me. <laughs> <laughs> she's having a bit of one of her games. Uh, but like, I so, so from my point of view is, I just, I just want a fresh challenge now. I just, uh, I'm, I know it's only two weeks, but 
again, that two weeks could be two months, could be two years. Yeah. Could be I've, said, I've said to the missus, because she's like, are you missing it? I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not missing it. And enjoy my time over Christmas and stuff like that. But the time will come. I've absolutely no doubt about that. That time will come, whether that's February, March, April, the time will come at some point where you're actually the bit to get back in. Now, I've spoke to people who are in the game and they're saying, oh, you can't leave yourself too long out of the game because you then start to get to for- forgot about all that, which I do understand, but you can just jump in. I just don't, I don't think that's fair to just jump in and uh, give it something that if you were going to give it, you would have given it, gave it a wish as a manager. So <clears throat> there is a wee bit of less responsibility as a coach. I obviously been a coach under Chris McGrory for a few years. That was amazing. I loved that because you had that freedom. You didn't have the responsibility of players. You didn't have the responsibility of being had to be a social worker and you know, everything in between. You just done the training, got the enjoyment, had the laugh with the boys in between the manager side of things, which was great. And then it's just when you make that step, you're, you're not quite there. Uh, and, and the weight of the world seems to be on your shoulders at times. Um, but as I say, maybe that's just me. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how everybody else feels with it. Um, obviously, I've spoke to other managers and stuff like that. But I bet if you went and asked Moth before Saturday, I bet football was the best thing in the world. And then Saturday comes and it's, oh no. But... It's just you're in that place where you don't want to be in football anymore. I, I was just consistently in that place. And that's why I just don't think it's as easy just to turn around and say, yeah, I need to get back in there. Because I just yeah, don't I, from there. Because where we talk about levels and, and, and stuff like that, and you touched on more from stuff like that. Again, comes back to budgets and paying the players. and it, it, There's a different level. The, the bit that you and I won't miss is Wednesday night at training rates. Everybody available for Saturday. Nobody, nobody puts a hand up saying, no, I'm not available. Maybe one will say, oh, I can't make it this Saturday. I'm on a back shift. Fine. That Friday night phone call, oh, I've took a shift though and I'm working. Listen, you cannot blame guys. Yeah. I'm taking a shift on it, you know. But on the other hand, it leaves you in a right predicament sometimes. That, that, that is difficult. And I say, you can't complain. You really can't complain. You just... You, know, you ask for that wee bit of professionalism and that. I mean, there's guys in our team that used to tell you six weeks in advance before they were having a night after training, and that's how you prepared them. And there's other guys that would tell you the night before. Just, it's just different human beings that just work in different ways. And try to learn that is, is, is difficult. Try to get the thought processes of 20 different people is, is very difficult. I found that very hard. Um, but maybe you should just have smiled and laughed through it, me, to be honest with you. My name's Tommy Sloan, Ockenlet Talbot Manager. You're listening to Down the Divisions. Well, it was a day of drama at a packed home park on Saturday. Clyde Bank against Annan. Annan went 1-0 up and 2-1 up. The Bankies, though, fought back to take a 3-2 lead in extra time. But with just a minute to go, Annan equalised, then netted a winner in injury time. It was the sort of game that typifies the Scottish Cup, but that will no doubt be little consolation to Banky's boss, Gordon Moffat, who joins us now. Well, Gordon, are you over the disappointment yet? No, uh, the honest answer is no, I'm not. Um, tough, tough to take. What were your emotions like during that game, particularly in extra time? Uh, 
up and down, probably same as probably same as Peter Murphy and the other dugout. I think he said that at the end. It was it was a um roller coaster of a game and I think uh, you know, the we added things with, you know, Annan uh, being a role club and all that and it was a wee bit of different things in the mix. But no, on the pitch it was um a, a tremendous game, like first and foremost, but obviously really sore to be on the wrong end of it. It was it was really tough. I just I just felt so bad for me, you know, my players. Um, just seeing it at the end, it's it's not often you probably see players like that. You know the emotion. You know, you know some tears and that. You know, it was it was really tough to see them. And I'm sort of literally picking guys up off the deck at the end because I wanted to try and make sure they stood up and got got the sort of applause that it deserved. So uh, it was really hard. Obviously, it's not, it wasn't your typical game, eh, the build-up to it. I know you're, you're disappointed and we'll probably touch on, on the game a wee bit more. What was the build-up like? Because I've seen a lot of uh, features for, obviously, eh, Auchinleck were playing Hearts and Tommy Sloan and Auchinleck got a lot of coverage. Was, it, was there much like that for you? Was there much going on throughout the week? I mean, it, it was kind of... I'm, I'm lucky enough to say it was like a usual Scottish Cup week eh, now because we've had it a few times. Um, but it was it was a sort of typical Scottish Cup week. There was quite a lot going on. Um, I think the focus this time, you know, I think Gary, my assistant, did quite a few interviews because of his connection with his brother being the annual assistant. And so I kind of got off the hook a wee bit this time with some of the the, uh, the media coverage, which was was nice to get a wee break from it. But um, no, it was good. You know, we had, we had people in on the Tuesday night and uh, doing photos and stuff for SNS and. Um, always sort of stuff that goes hand in hand with these with these games, so it's good, you know, it's as it's nice, it's nice for the players to to get that wee bit of recognition and stuff. But I always said, I think I said way back in the first Elgin game when with the TV and that, it's 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 no ideal for for me as you know, you know, as a manager, it's no ideal because I try to focus on getting that two hours with them twice a week to try and sort of bed in game plan stuff and that so it's no ideal for that perspective but we obviously welcome it in terms of raising the, the club profile Was that a new suit you got for, for arriving to, at the game? No, no it wasn't no. Um, no, I was kind of getting a bit of stick for that <laughs> <laughs> Peter Murphy, the animal manager said to me, he was like, what's going on here? He's like, you're showing me up, you know, but I always um, I try and do that for, for, the, for the Scottish games or you know the, the bigger games just trying because we were we're actually away in the morning, you know, having breakfast and a team meeting and stuff. So, you know, I'd been on the go since 10 o'clock in the morning. So I thought I'll try and, try and smart myself up for the, the <laughs> morning part and then put the tracks on for the game. In terms of, uh, I mean, obviously, great game. What we love about the Scottish Cup. Will you have a job to pick your boys back up after that, do you think? Or be it you've pushed a team at that level as far as you did albeit you've gone as far as you have in the cup as you did, do you think you'll have a bit of like a little job to pick boys up who, who were still gutted by by that, that late defeat? Yeah, I, I think naturally, um, Gareth, probably we will, you know, because, I, you know, we're all human beings. You know, I'd, I'd said that to, to Gary and my coaches yesterday as well. You know, at the end of the day, it's the same for us. You know, we, we were really feeling it. Um, and, you know, even like my wife doesn't really... I mean, they say get football, but she was at a game on Saturday, and I think you know, Penny really dropped for why, you know, why I come home sometimes the way I do, and she, you know, she was kind of again tearing up at the end seeing me, you know, she was really emotional with it. So I think, I think naturally, you know, we're human beings, we care about it. Listen, it's no, 
it's no life and life and death, but in moments like that, it kind of feels that way. And it was it was really really tough. I'm not going to lie, but um, I think you know, obviously, a bit easier yesterday, a wee bit easier today. By the time I go into training tomorrow, I'll be I'll be ready to go again. You know, that's football. You've you've got to put it behind you. Whether it's and I try and say the same to the boys with highs as well. You know, it was the same with we beat Clyde. You know, a, a League One team. You know, and we play very well, and and the huge high of that to come back and play the next league game. It's the exact same. I was like, we need to we need to react properly from that. So it's obviously different. It's, it's maybe harder, you might say, as a player from a huge disappointment like that. But um, no, I mean, we'll get them together tomorrow. It'll be more a recovery session, and then we'll we'll start plotting away for for Wags on Thursday. Obviously, it was a sellout crowd down there, Gordon. <clears throat> What was that? What was, first of all, what was the the atmosphere like? And, and having the, the TV cameras and there, obviously, do you guys get TV revenue for that? Is that something that was going to help you guys going forward in terms of the, the money through the gates and the, and the TV money? I think, the, <clears throat> firstly, on the, the, the atmosphere and fans, I mean, that's been, we've been lucky enough, we've had home ties all the way through, albeit with a replay with Elgin. Um, but it's been tremendous, you know, I, we can only open a part of the ground because there's some work to be done down the bottom. But even at that, you know, with 1,200 people on the ground, it's, it's people would have probably seen in the Elgin game on the telly. It's, it's been absolutely rocking. Um, so it was the same against Clyde, and it was the same, if not better, against Annan. And it, I, I do believe that even the Elgin game up there, I said that like, the fans with that, they probably dragged us over the line a wee bit. Um, so it makes such a big thing, a big impact. Um, on the revenue side, it's... Ah, uh, you know, it's it's good gates, it's healthy numbers through the gate. We don't get a Saturday's game, for example, we don't get any TV on TV money for that. Cause it's just like the guy filming there for the goals. Um that's more, you know, it would be knocking leg that we'd have got benefited for that this time. But we were obviously lucky enough to have the Elgin one. So uh, I mean it's it's maybe no it's maybe no the huge sums of money that people actually think, but I mean you do, you know, as a club you do all right from it and um, obviously gates and all the stuff that comes with that it means that you know it is, it is rewarding for the club definitely Is there also a part of you as well I mean there's the cup run there's getting as many fans in the ground as you have over all the rounds you've played you're kind of putting Clyde Bank back on the map now aren't you I mean I know you, you've, you've had the reputation within the west of Scotland and everything but is something extra when you do it in the Scottish Cup, isn't there? And everybody knowing what Clydebank has been about over the years. Yeah, like I think on that, just seeing, you know, simple things like seeing us in sports scene on Saturday night, you know, I've sat and watched this level for a while, walking late, flying the flag for the league. And I think it's, you know, I'm sure I'm sure the walking late guys would say the same. It's good to see others in there as well now in the mix and just growing those numbers. Um, you know, ourselves and Darville have always done great, but you've got, Madam Cumnock started off in the tournament as well and you know next year it might be their turn so um, I think it's you know it's it's such a positive thing for our league but also the pyramid um, and you know f- for us as a club it's just it's been it's been a game changer but um, uh, as far as putting us on the map yeah that has been great from that point of view for the Scottish and the profile and people are you know there people are genuinely now talking Clyde Bank again but I think for me now I want to you know, our league form's been we've had wee inconsistencies through the season. We've obviously you no know, started the, the year that well. Um, we obviously had a great performance against Anne on, on Saturday, but never got it done. 
So now when we go back to the league, that's a real challenge now to, to try and finish strongly. And then next season, can we, can we enhance our league form a wee bit more, but also build on what we've done in the Cups? I'm not kind of trying to divert away from the football side, but I always think it's good for the listeners to, to feel what it's like, kind of more behind the scenes for the club. What does it do for like the town of Clyde Bank? Because obviously years ago, Clyde Bank being a successful team in senior football, had their troubles, sold their ground. Do, do they kind of old support still identify with the team now? Is it still the same people coming out and uh, following Clyde Bank, especially in, in big days like this? Yeah, well, I'd like to think it's a bit of a mix. I mean, we're certainly even in the board, you know, and and but we've certainly got fans that have been there since since back in those days, you know, that have been with the club through thick and thin and um, stuck by them uh, when when we went down to the very bottom of the, the juniors and then worked our way back up and now back in the senior pyramid. There's absolutely a good number of people who've been through all of that um, with the club, which is amazing. And I think that's that's what you know, in my opinion, that's what makes us special. Um, but we've also got, you know, new fans that have, have started to appear over the last couple of seasons. And again, hopefully this year we've we've gathered some more. That's important that we keep bringing through um, fans. I mean, we've got the, the young boys, you know, the young lads, the, the ultras, the bankies ultras in the, in the shed. They're, I mean, they're amazing. You know, it's a good laugh at times, but in all seriousness, that's important. You know, that's we're getting young, young girls and guys interested in Clyde Bank that's on their doorstep and sort of going, well, what's the fuss about? And they're coming to the games and they're seeing TV cameras. And so I think all that's important that we we have now. We've certainly got a mix of both and um, the crowd numbers have certainly grown over the last season or two. And the fans got a song for you, Gordon? <laughs> no, they had a, I, there was a song, that, the, the young lads were singing the song at Christmas, but they had a, they had a wee banner for me on Saturday, so that was nice. Made sure I gave them a, gave them a wave and that, that was nice. So we've got to get a rendition there, Gareth. No, no definitely not. <laughs> have you got a few injuries then as well for the, for the weekend now? Um, you know, just in terms of uh, the way the boys were, you know, two hours of football hanging on at the end. Uh, well, I think you know the first couple of games of the season, you know, we've had, we've had some some guys out um, at Ben Burban at Rob Roy, probably actually different guys at times. Um, you know, Scottish Cup week, everybody's obviously keen to declare themselves fit and. There's probably a couple of guys strappings on and, and got treatment and declared themselves fit for that. And, you know, we'll, we'll maybe bear the brunt of that. Now we'll need to see, I probably won't know until I go in on Tuesday and sit down with Kira, the, the physio, after the session and see just the extent of those. But certainly there was a couple on Saturday that didn't look, didn't look great. But, you know, we'll assess that and we'll see where we're at. Maybe I'll be we'll look to bring a couple in just to, to help us now going, going towards the end of the season. And I guess, I mean, you'll be used to heartache as a Manchester United fan this season anyway, so you can kind of uh, get over that kind of quite quickly, having been used to it. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, you know, talking there before, I think United's been it's been a hard watch this season. It's just turmoil after turmoil. You just uh, Every time you think you've turned a corner and this is it, you know, there's obviously that famous one where he was saying we're back under Ole and it's just... Uh, it's it's hard, you know. It shows you at that level, even you know. It's it, you know it can be difficult to get it to get it totally right at times. So, I uh, hopefully um hopefully Ralph stabilises us and we get the right man in the summer. Brilliant. Well, it certainly seems like uh, Clyde Bank have got the right man right now. Um, thanks for thanks for coming on tonight, Gordon, and for uh, for sharing 
your memories of the weekend there tough tough um, to talk about i'm sure but um i guess it gives you a an incentive now to to carry on and keep the good work going yeah uh, it does definitely you know we've, we've had a good taste against uh, teams there so it gives us a wee, wee taste for that and hopefully we're back next year thanks for coming on gordon cheers cheers hello my name is willie kinneborough manager of gap cairn you're listening to down the divisions and now it's time for Mark Mackay to tell us who was this week's Best of the West. This week's Best of the West saw Premiership side Beath go head-to-head with Conference Seaside Wishaw at Bellsdale Park. Wishaw's one-time assistant, now manager David Dunn, was taking charge of only his third game in the hot seat. It was a Scott Nickel strike that gave the Conference Seaside a half-time lead. The second half saw Beef draw level with a goal from Conor McGlinchey. It was McGlinchey that then passed up a glorious chance to put the home side 2-1 up when his penalty was saved by Wishaw number one, Jordan Hart. With nearly the last kick of the game, it was then that man again, Scott Nickel that did this time convert from 12 yards to send the conference seaside in to the next round of the cup. A special mention to Beath player Kenny McLean, who made his 400th appearance for the club in Saturday's game. Hi, it's Murdo McKinnon, Port Manager here, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. Former Wishaw boss Mark Daly is with us this week. I say former Wishaw boss, also former Wishaw player, former Bells Hill player, nine years at Thornywood. Um, do you miss playing? Um, never do. I, did, I didn't. I didn't. I definitely didn't. When I got the job, I didn't miss it. I didn't miss playing. But I would say now, when you, when you see players... I'm 36. I'm on. I'm on the, the, the tail end of it. But I look myself and think, oh, I could still play. I could still. Play. If I got myself fit, I could still play. Whether anybody would want me, a different story. But I could still play. Um, I think. I think that to play football will always be there, isn't it? If you played football long enough, it's that's 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 what you love. Uh, and then obviously management comes as a coach comes as a second. But I. I the coaching side and the management side certainly didn't make me miss football. Not playing, because I enjoyed that side of it. Um, but having nothing to do on a Saturday, you do. You, I do miss that. I'm not the boots on. Thirty-five league might come calling shortly. <laughs> what uh, I mean, take us back to your play, over your playing days. What what would stand out as the highlights? Um, you know, as I say, you had the nine years at, at Thornywood, obviously. But take take us back through some of the the high points that you look back on. Fondly. Um, first game, first game at this level, um, was was a big step because we were still playing kind of 18s, 19s. So you could do the dual contract at the time. So you could play the Saturday and play on a Sunday. So playing at Thornwood for the first time was good. Um, promotions for, for, for Central Second, promotions to Central First, or from Central First, sorry, and then um, narrowly missing now on going to the Premiership. Uh, on goal difference was was tough but enjoyable at the same time because some of the club hadn't been 
Um, and then you can just take individual games. Go to Beath, scoring and winning three 0 at Beath in the West of Scotland. Uh, with them sitting with the cup and they're changing them because they were at the year before, so we put them in the first round. So that was things like that. Playing Pollock in the fifth round to the Scottish at Thornwood. Um, again, probably the furthest we've been. I think I think the furthest we've been are equal the furthest we've been in. Great crowd scored that day as well. Just wee, wee bits like that. Like just just a local team. I'm a local team and it's where you used to play the school games and stuff like that. So you always kinda of looked up to it. <clears throat> um I just I just just a great club with great people at it, to be honest with you. So being being the the local boy like you say and, and missing out on that promotion on goal difference does do you think you take as much as it was a good achievement to to finish where you did in the league does missing out in that sense almost hurt more do you think do you think you take it i mean you you're in that i don't know i was gonna say goldfish bowl but you know you're you, you, you're bumping into folk every well, you must have been bumping into folk all the time who wanted to talk about it and stuff like that. You maybe couldn't kind of get away from it. Was it was, was it a tough one to take that? It, oh, definitely, yeah. The, the missing out on it was really tough, really tough. But when you try and be honest about it, you think to say, would you love the chance? Absolutely. Would we have been good enough? I'm not so sure. I'm not, I think it could have been a tough year. Um, but you know, everybody would take the opportunity to do it. So... I don't know if that just makes it feel better when we know again. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's difficult. They, they were the difficult times. I, when I played with Thornton to, to start with, they were the kind of dog and duck, to be honest with you. So, you're getting out the central second, you're getting out the central first and playing and being a established super first team for, for three or four years um, was excellent. It was really, really good. Um, under young Jory Fallon, under Keir McGuinness and stuff like that, it was, it was excellent. And, uh, I really, really enjoy that. that. That's what you always get back to when you think about football. Is you, 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 you go back to your good times, and that that certainly was a good time. It was with friends and guys that came into the club who I would still call my best friends. That like guys that you still keep yeah, right. basis that you would never have came across in football. We used to go out a Saturday and talk about arches, but sometimes wish the game was off on Saturday so you'd be in the club at 11 o'clock and all that kind of stuff and that, that's, <laughs> we, we used to sit in the club from 11 o'clock to, to shut time as a team so they'd, they'd start off with 10 and they'd dribble down and be me and Martin Devlin sitting at the end but Larry McGowan but uh, that's 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 uh, that was a good times and that's where friendships were made that's why I love football you make some good friends in it and you were there for such a long time, and I think you only did you only spend the one season playing at Wishaw? Uh, no, there's a bit of story about that. So I left, but obviously the we left Thornwood because what happened to Peter McInnes. So we all kind of left, and John McEwen signed me at Wishaw, uh, and then I played. John left quite soon to go to Cumnock, and he left in October. Chris McGoldrick came in. Uh, and I played under Chris, I think, to the end of the season. I'm pretty sure it was the end of the season. Told him I was going to sign, and then Bell Sill came in for me, and it was super first, so I went there. And I think only lasted three months at Bell Sill, um, and Chris brought me back in as a player coach. So, so Chris, was th- Chris was still speaking to you despite you uh, yeah. doing the dirty on him? Still, uh, still holds it against me. To be honest, he still says you told me you were ninety nine percent sure you were signing. So, <laughs> which I was, I was, but I don't think David Lilly got the job at uh, um, 
Bill Shortley, he was, he's actually one of my best friends, big cousins. Um, and uh, I think the opportunity to play Super First again was, was what kind of pulled us to Bell Um But it, it, it didn't really work out, so luckily Chris was forgiven and kind of brought me back. So. I think it was the extra tenor. It cost me money to play with Russia, I tell you. <laughs> with, the, with the fines, it cost me with the fines. I couldn't earn any money. <laughs> but it, it seemed like you you built up, despite being there, obviously nowhere near as long as you were at Thornywood, you seemed to build up a good rapport with the fans and the club and, and you seemed to kind of, it seemed to be a good match for you quite quickly, even though you did leave to go to, to Bells Hill when you did. Yeah, yeah. It was, as I say, John, when John brought me in, they'd just been promoted that year. That was the one they got promoted for the Central Second. So the club was on a high. Um, and it was a great, great team. John had actually a really, really good team. And obviously, deservedly got his move. And then Chris came in and, no fear to admit it. I didn't, I didn't think it was a good appointment at the time. <laughs> uh, I told him that. I, did, I didn't think it was a good appointment. Chris came in and was exceptional. Him and Glenn and Ian were, were, were absolutely brilliant and just continued the good run that John had done with the club. So um, that's a really, really, really good club. Listen, Paul, Paul will tell you about it. He knows, obviously, he's not been a bit, knows about it. It's just a fantastically club. They do the best they can with what they got. Um, it's never perfect. It's never perfect. And I've had my arguments with them with certain things, but they try. They really, really try. And they've had the rewards, to be honest. I think it's been... We, uh, we all left to go to Kosai. They obviously got to the, the semi-final of Scottish that year. And that was deserved because it was a great squad that they had. Um, and it's good to see. It's good to see the wee club, so to speak, uh, get that opportunity. Um, and we've had some good times. I say with Chris, we got to the League Cup semi-final. I think we could be off a co-winning, I think, and on the rest that was. And then we beat Pollock, we beat Clyde Bank. I just missed it, but John beat Auckland and Lake as well. So stories like that is that kind of um, keep them going. But what Wish as a place is massive. It's huge. I don't believe. I can't believe they don't get more people through the gate. I think it's something like 36,000 in the town or something. It's huge. And I would lying, but you're lucky to get 20 or 30 people. And that's the disappointment side. How do you bring that community in? How do you get them? And the only way to do that is by putting a good team on the park. And it's also good looking. Well, the location because it's right at the bottom of the town, really, isn't it? A lot of grounds now are, are, are further out. I walk for the train station straight yeah. down or again you can jump up to the commercial if you want a pint or something like that get a drink in the park and stuff like that so as a good location it's it's pretty decent but I just don't know how we can engage the community and I don't mean that as a club I just mean how the, the community don't engage with the football team it's, it's, it's quite difficult um, and that was something we spoke about and try to bring in local teams and stuff like that but that's years in the planning that's not something that happens overnight and Something that I think we'll really need to look at because if they get more people coming through the gate, then the club will just get better for us. And it's across the road from my house, so I'll... Uh... <laughs> you phone Dinny and bring in. I better need to start walking across. Get... <laughs> <laughs> is, is that not a problem, though? I mean, you had a, a new mains, Paul. Is that a problem? I don't know whether it's... We're sure, you know... 
people are going to Motherwell on a Saturday or or other most other senior clubs or is that just the problem all clubs have you know, got today? It's like this. I'm originally from Curlook and I always remember, you know, in a summer's night, you would hear a referee's whistle. You could hear it if it was a game on, you would take a walk over. Oh, I must be a game on up there. And, and you would go and, and have a look at the game or whatever. For new mains, I always said if that ground was in the middle of the kind of housing scheme down the bottom, then I think people would come out and watch and have a look at the game. A lot, as I just touched on, a lot of the grounds are further out. Wisher, as I say, it's on my doorstep. You see, sometimes I don't know there's a game on. They've got a little white board at the at the side of the bowling club, and sometimes somebody will write on that, and there's a game on. If there's no wrote on, you don't know. And obviously, being involved in football was one of these things. I never looked at Wisher's fixtures because they were never in our league. So it's maybe I don't know. It just needs to be advertised a wee bit more. Uh, you know, as I said, like it's on my, it's literally on my doorstep, and. Sometimes I don't know as a game on if, I, if maybe your game was cancelled. And I have I've, I've popped over a couple of times and oh there's a game on over there. But maybe it's not as well advertised on social media as much, I don't know. Yeah, possibly. Again, there's there's things that the club need to look at, but just even the the, the, the small things. So for instance, uh, I know it's totally different, but you look at Paul, can they can bring in three, four hundred fans just for a standard game? All paying six, seven quid. You imagine wish you got half of that mm-hmm. on a regular basis. The money that we bring in to then invest back into the team, to then put a better team in the park to get them more fans in is a great cycle, but it's just getting that start. It's just getting that the people engaged. And it's difficult, by the way, everybody's in the same boat. Everybody's in the same boat. Um, unless you've got that fan base the now, it's going to be very difficult to get it, I think. And the thing is, I think when they played Auchinleck in that Scottish Cup tie, it did kind of... Was there something round about that? There were so many games cancelled. I wish of so many games cancelled on the, on, on the run-up to that. And I think there was a right good crowd went to that. Uh, the Auchinleck game? Yeah. I don't know, that was John's time. That was before me. There was the Hurlford game. Was it the Hurlford game? That they, were, they did really well in the Scottish Cup, didn't they? They, got, that was that. they played Hurlford over two legs, I think. Aye. It was like the place was busy and people mm-hmm. captured the imagination a wee bit of, yeah. of a little bit rather than, you know, as I say, if you're playing, I'm not going to name teams, but if you're playing maybe a lower division team, then it's it's maybe just not got the same appeal. Obviously, as I say, without doubt, if wish I got to the Scottish Cup final, I guarantee you, you'd find four, five, six hundred people for the town go. That That's what happens. Do they come and watch the next game in the league? Probably not. That's yeah. it's just engaging the people and try to get them there. And I say for me, the only way to do that was putting a winning team on the park. Really. Yeah. Um, but even then, it's still quite difficult. We can't let you go um, without addressing one thing. Uh, we've all been very formal tonight. We've been calling you by your by your proper name and everything. But I think there's a lot of people, a co-host not sitting too far away from me included. <laughs> who would know you Spud. as Spud? Spud. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> can, can we just address this? And uh, you know, was it during your playing days when when all this started? Younger than that. Younger than that. It was um, my dad. Ironically, um, I used to get called Sparky. That was my nickname. So Mark, Marky Sparky. 
And I think it was under sevens or something. Uh, another player came and his name was Mark. And his dad called him Sparky. And I, I wasn't best pleased. So my dad started calling me Spud. And that's what stuck. And that's that's the truth story. That's what stuck. So, and by the way, I mean, more often than not, my mum and dad call me Spud. More often than not, at school, teachers called me Spud. So much so, I got an award ironically for football and they shouted at Mark Daly and nobody knew who it was. <laughs> nobody knew who it was. So it's uh, as I don't like Mark. It normally means I'm getting in trouble. <laughs> Ref- referees call me Mark. So or used to call me Mark. So that was never a good start. What did your players call you? Oh, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> more than that to be honest. Uh, no, it's but that was always but there we go, Paul. We got to the bottom of it. Got to the bottom of it, we did. My name is John McHugh, the manager of Shots Bonacord, and you're listening to Down the Division. Before we finish up, we'll clear up the Down the Division's decider. So um, over to you, Paul, for this week's clues again. Right. They were formed in 1874 and they played as a senior club until 1929. They reached the Scottish Cup final in three consecutive years between 1880 and 1883, and they reached the Junior Scottish Cup final in 1997-98 season. They won the Sectional League Cup in 2010, and they currently play in the West of Scotland Conference A. I've not got a clue, so over to Spud. Mm, I, I had a team, but yeah, the Conference A is through because they're non-Conference A. So... Just on a whim, I'm going to guess Arthurly. You've got it right. He said it. He said he, he always, he's, he's quite good at them. He said that. There's a secret. Came on there, didn't he? There's a I secret. thought Ashfield. I had Ashfield right up until you said Section A. Section B, so. Listen, I'm feeling that. That's good. I'm quite happy with that. Head held high. Top of the class. Top of the class, bud. <laughs> uh, no, thanks for thanks for joining us tonight, and uh, appreciate your kind of honesty and looking back over the your time at Wisher. There, we, I know you say you haven't got the desire to get back in, but um, we'll uh, we'll keep our eye out and hopefully you're back in the game when that desire desire returns. No, I really appreciate that, guys. Thanks very much for having us. Um, very kind for you to have us on, so thank you. Thanks again to our sponsors, 44 Creative. Go to www.44creativehq.com if you're looking for a photographer, graphic designer, videographer or video editor or a solution for your website. And don't forget, you can get in touch with your comments or suggestions for people to speak to or if you'd like your audio featured on the show. Our email address is downthedivisions at gmail.com. That's downthedivisions at gmail.com. Or you can get in touch via Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Do leave a comment which helps others find us and subscribe to get alerts when our latest episode is released. We'll be back next Friday on Down the Divisions. Down the Divisions.